This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. We all live in one beautiful reality. For at least the past two millennia, though, we've been talking about two approaches to understanding reality. And even though we all understand that science and religion are mutually exclusive, they can't both be right. And in fact, it turns out neither of them can tell us what our one reality actually is because theism and atheism both are belief systems. Neither science nor any religion has the key to understanding our one reality, we now know that when we study nearly 200 years of abundant and consistent communications from people we used to think were dead, we get a wonderfully complete picture of what actually is going on. And what we learn from the dead about our one reality is consistent with both quantum physics and the teachings of Jesus. My dear friends, that has to be the most amazing discovery in all of human history. It still gives me shivers to think of it. Our guest today for the second time is a gifted afterlife researcher, Donna Smith-Moncrief. My hope is to learn more from her about areas of her expertise we didn't even begin to talk about. She's doing a monumental set of studies, which all are part of one great big study, and I'll have her tell you a little more about that and about herself and then plunge into what she's learning. We didn't have time to talk about uh, last time about out-of-body travel, spiritual healing, past life progression, and she and I have agreed that we're going to save for another day the huge topic of physical mediumship. We, ha- we already have a full schedule. Welcome, Donna. I'm so excited to have you here. Hi, Roberta. It's, it's, it's exciting to be here and to just be able to talk about all of this uh, research <laughs> that's going on. Uh, now, tell us just very quickly your history, because I know you were in uh, into criminal law? What, I can't recall exactly yeah, what absolutely. the story is. And, and in fact, well, my, my background is definitely uh, more so as a criminology researcher, more looking at uh, gang research and have done evaluation research in, in health and still really continue to do that um, as a part of the uh, work that I have to continue to do in my, corp- my corporate life. Yeah, we all um, have but a 20 years, yeah, 20, yeah, exactly. 20 years of experience in evaluation and research. Wow. And so, how did you get interested in researching death in the afterlife and all these related phenomena? Well, I love that question, Roberta, because I think, I think sometimes we feel um, a bit pressured to say a particular time sort of in our adulthood. Or, but, you know, I'm no longer afraid to say that I believe that, you know, I was born having these questions, early experiences yep. of having my own out-of-body travel and just feeling so free after my traditional academic studies, you know, that we all go through to conform with what studies are acceptable, you know, in our early 20s, um, being free now to study what I've always felt, um, but wanting to look at it more systematically and use my academic background to sort of 
bring it to the public, I think, a bit more translated because yes. it can be complex and, and it hasn't had a fair, fair bit in terms of scientific evidence. Well, so what what you've then done, and I I absolutely understand when you say you think you probably were born to do this. Um, More and more of the people that I meet in this field have the same sense. They sort of, there's a sense of wonder about that because they didn't realize until much later in life that their whole, the whole of their lives, as is true in your life, the whole of your life has led to this. Your your grounding in doing um, research in the area of, of criminology um, makes you a scientist who is uniquely qualified to study some of this stuff and be credible yeah, and about I, it. Yeah, and I find, Roberta, have you noticed a theme, though, too, of a lot of the afterlife researchers have had sort of um, academic training in traditional work? And I, I don't know. I'm wondering if that's Spirit's way of... Of, of ensuring that the public has that credibility, right? Yes, um, yes. Making sure that the right people have the, the traditional background and they come out and they do this work, it, it, you know, because it could look like we're a bit crazy, right? Well, I, I think that the, yes, I absolutely agree with you. Um, the Zamets, for example, of us from Australia, who are my wonderful friends, Victor, Yes. Is a is an attorney and and a rather uh, sharp attorney, I must say. Right, um, absolutely. He, he found this stuff and he has been out in people's faces with it for almost twenty five years. Which the, the the courage of the man is really ext- astonishing to me. I'm another attorney. Exactly. I I didn't choose to do this. It found me. And and as you say, sooner or later you've got to start talking about it because what you know is so important for people to hear and other people aren't saying it in your case other people aren't doing this critical research from a purely scientific perspective you've got to do it so that's right there you are thank you and bless you bless you for doing it because oh um, thank we, you and it, and it keeps me living roberta i don't know what i would do if there wasn't this kind of work available to us and the people who are excited about listening to it Yes, I absolutely know how you feel. So, okay, tell me about your big study of which you have a whole variety of, of sort of smaller pieces and, and that, that you're putting together. Tell me about that. Well, well thank you, um, Roberta. Happy to explain. So just over the last two years, um, after our work with mental mediumship, I think what happened is a lot of people were asking questions, either at talks that I did or... Um, at workshops that I was doing, people wanted to understand a bit more about how these complementary alternative activities could enhance their life. People want to feel better in their lives. I think that's what it really comes down to. And so there were three areas that I, I selected that I wanted to look at to assess more qualitatively what are the processes? How can these, and I say complementary, right? Because especially when we talk about spiritual energy and healing, we're not talking about replacing um, absolutely necessi- you know, um, necessary medical practices. So I use the word complementary. When, when traditional medicine hasn't helped us, traditional psychotherapy hasn't helped us, what can we do? So spiritual healing is a big one. Um, out-of-body experiences, I'm, I'm looking at how are out-of-body experiences, um, people who are, which another word for that is astral travel, how are they potentially being healed or changing their life through experiencing this and perhaps life regression therapy, which is the hip, hypnosis going into different states of consciousness and being able to learn from your past lives how you can, you know, better your, your current life. 
Wow. So, so how are you? How are you going about? Let's take one of those areas, maybe that most interests you. How do you go about doing these studies? What, what's your process? Well, right. Okay, I'll start with, for example, the past life regression uh, therapy, which is really actually becoming. It's on the verge of actually, especially in Ontario now, being compensated. Um, being considered for compensation, I really should say, because we're really right now on the verge. I'm working with the Ontario Hypnosis Centre, the director, um, Tariq Sater, and he allows me to come in and observe patients um, who are willing to talk about sort of what their problems are. I, I observe and I'm able to talk to them or listen to sort of retrospective experiences that, that they've had. Um, and they're able to share, for example, how had how was going back into a previous life able to transform how they're doing now. And what I'm most interested in, because I know some great work has been done, for example, by Dr. Weiss and Newton and others. It, what I'm more interested in, first of all, is even describing the experience more. I think people don't understand what it even means to go through hypnosis, so they fear things. They tell me, Donna, I'm really looking at this alternative therapy, but I think is hypnosis paranormal? Is it scary? Oh. Just describing that hypnosis is really just allowing people to remember who they really are. Going, allow, Their body goes into such a state of relaxation that they're able, the hypnotherapist is able to walk them through the doors of their other lives. And it's amazing stuff, Roberta. What, oh, what, yeah. What, oh, I, I have a personal experience with it. I absolutely, not only do I believe in it, I think everyone who has any uh, issues in this lifetime uh, of phobias or uh, unexplainable, what seem to be, be physical problems, needs to explore whether they might be a remnant of a previous life. Because in my case, that certainly turned out to be the case. Uh, I, right. I just find it amazing. So, but you're, you're saying that they're looking at possibly compensating. Therapists who do this work? Well, it's interesting because I, um, when I spoke to the director of the Ontario Hypnosis Center, he was explaining we were going through, for example, different areas. So, for we now know, for example, that acupuncture is now accepted um, in some yes. states, some provinces to be, you know, and it even took time for massage. It's just like things are slowly coming. But certain aspects, as you know, of psychotherapy is definitely compensated. And um, people are working now towards uh, sort of repositioning this as simply traditional psychotherapeutic work. It, it was done with Freud. It's been done through through so many different ways because, as you know, many psychiatrists do do this, right? They do oh, yeah. do it, but you, they don't come out and call it past life regression because, again, people, um, Roberta, as you know, not even all after the people who understand the afterlife necessarily believe in reincarnation. Oh, I know. Right? It, it, so and it a shouldn't be a matter of belief, though, should it, Donna? I mean, let's look at the evidence and see what, what, what's true. I'm yeah. tired of our yeah. talking about beliefs because that just gets in the way. It, if your beliefs and my beliefs and everybody's beliefs are all equal, then there's no common shared reality it, that we even have. Yeah, is, no, and I love that part that you're saying about the beliefs, and this is why some of the work that I'm doing now is not solely just looking at is there evidence. I think other researchers have done a great job in some of these areas of doing that. However, it's the processes. A lot of people will tell me, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to go through hypnosis. I'm afraid to walk through um, another reality. I'm afraid to face 
who I was before. So I'm really trying to translate that information a little better, help people walk them through that actual experience and talk enough, sort of give a kind of um, an exhaustive um, outlook, an exhaustive list of what are the possible outcomes that people um, can experience. Yeah, so it's very it's, qualitative in nature. It, it's it's an exciting new field. Um, I, my my own experience, I'll just share very briefly. Oh, uh, please, I, yeah, I, I'd love it to wasn't hear. even wasn't even done under hypnosis. I've had hypnotic uh, regression to two previous lifetimes, and they scared me just as they scared your some of the people you've talked to. I never I never wanted to do that again, but. I was developing a really crippling fear of, um, of stepping off a high place. And uh, it started really in my late teens, and it got to be really bad by the time I was in my 30s. And I started to wonder, what was it possible that I had stepped off some high place in a previous lifetime? I just sort of put that thought into my head and then forgot about right. it. And a month or two later, I, I realized I was getting little flash thoughts of, of being a young Native American male standing, probably late teens, standing on the edge of a cliff. And it's early morning, and there's a canyon ahead of me, and I'm looking at the sun rising, and I know I'm able to fly. And I don't, it took a while for, I kept getting this little sort of, you know how you get random thoughts as you're driving? And suddenly I said, where's that coming from? Oh, maybe that idiot stepped off the cliff. Oh. Uh, I, 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 I think, and a super, but here's the, here's the miracle of past life regression therapy. As soon as I consciously recognized that, and I, I think it was early 1800s. I think this actually was a lifetime of mine. I've, I've almost, I'm almost always male in my lifetimes. And uh, I think I really did step off that cliff because as soon as I recognized maybe that's where it came from, I stopped having flashbacks to it, and I forgot about go. it. Come September, we, I, we, we were in New York City. A friend of mine was doing a 25th uh, anniversary celebration of her company, and we had to go up to sort of the floor to sort of see her at the offices. It was the 25th floor of, a, of a, an office building in New York City, and it was on a Sunday. We went up there, and there was no air conditioning in September, and the windows were open. And I could see the Chrysler building. So I went right over to that darn window and I looked and I leaned out a little bit to see the Chrysler building better. I turned and looked. Wow. My husband my husband was standing in the doorway and his jaw was on the floor because I hadn't realized till that moment that my fear was entirely gone. I could never have even stayed in that office before. But just... Well, that's amazing personal isn't, experience. And isn't that wonderful? I, and, so, yeah, you're right. It, it works is. big time. And... The, the key question that I have found from listening to the therapists and, and, um, is, is they ask you that question when you're in that past life, um, what can you take from that life to help you with this one? So I don't know if you actually, do you recall that question being asked? And is, was that sort of integral in you um, I, I, see, having I the change? I, I didn't have a therapist. All I... All that happened was oh. I, I asked my consciousness, my subconscious well, mind, you whatever. Your personal, okay, self-guided, it was totally, self-guided, PLR. Okay. I, but I, it was not even a conscious effort to do it. I, and it was happening, it was cooking in my subconscious and just occasionally sending me flashes of this foolish kid standing on the edge of a cliff very spiritual kid, um, you know, nice. I liked, I liked him with the minutes I was in his head, but then apparently he stepped off the cliff thinking he could fly. Uh, and that was the end of that for him. But 
That's okay, all it so that would be self-guided, yeah, self-guided past life regression therapy. And I guess, you know, people that you even had one spontaneously like that is amazing, isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it wonderful? So, yeah, I'm a total it believer. Is, it is. It we, is. We have and to I can take share a, one. But, but, oh, but sure. Go ahead. Just one second, because um, we, we need to take a quick break. We're coming right okay, back. Sure. And Donna's going to tell us some, some more amazing things about what is absolutely a, the way that you can fix your life, and that's past life regression therapy. You're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Our guest today is the wonderful Donna Smith-Moncrief, and we'll be right back. Roberta Grimes spent decades reading more than 150 years of abundant and consistent communications from the dead. The result is her book, The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next. The Fun of Dying shows you why your mind is eternal. It explains how you can enjoy the death process, and it describes in detail the glorious forever that awaits us all. Now Roberta follows The Fun of Dying with The Fun of Staying in Touch. Learn how our dead loved ones give us spectacular signs of their survival. Learn about the wonderful ways that you can stay in contact with those you love. Go to robertagrimes.com for more information. It turns out that love really is eternal. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. As you know, past episodes of Seek Reality can be downloaded for free on iTunes, and this one also in a few days will be there. That's how most people listen to us. And if you listen, I hope you'll pause for a moment and give us a review and a rating. We're talking today with the wonderful Donna Smith-Moncrief, who is using her day job information, day job experience as um, a, a, uh, a criminal researcher, a, someone who has a scientific background, she's using what she knows to investigate the afterlife uh, and all of the afterlife-related phenomena that we talk about here. And that's very important work. So I'm so glad you're doing it, Donna. And w- just before we broke, you were going to tell us uh, uh, another story related to past life regression therapy. So please do that one that I've come across that has, has inspired me to keep researching this. I had a woman who uh, was having night terrors for, for probably a good 20 years of her life oh um, to the point where literally she was almost punching her husband in her sleep because oh. it, um, I don't know if you know anything about night terror specifically, but it, it, they, play, they, they, they play out what's going on. Uh, in their in their dreams, and they actually oh. become physical. She's getting bruises. She's getting physical uh, uh, pains of, from bruises, you know, that she would have. Anyway, she's she went through uh, two past life uh, regression sessions. Uh, past life regression therapy sessions are usually about one and a half to two hours, depending on the experience of the person. They'll go into various levels of trance, which is again just about making helping them remember. And when she contacted me to finish up her case study, she indicated that um, 
she still, that's not that the night terrors are finished, but what she had experienced, she had learned that um, there was so much trauma in some of her other previous lives. It's just she was simply carrying them over. And so when the therapist therapist kept asking her, what can you learn about those particular experiences to help you now? And she recalls the lessons that she learned from those previous lives is that Sometimes we just have to objectively experience something to know what can be great in our lives. And so she unfortunately had these experiences in her previous life to know what good can be, and this life is for her to be good. And with all of those um, experiences, she said her her night terrors had significantly reduced to the fact she's no longer punching her husband. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I know I say this, but that's what I keep remembering because of the husband I met him as well. And she's she's um, physically able to, um, she's not afraid to go to sleep because she was actually had to leave her job simply because her, you know, when you cannot actually function with a little oh, yeah. limited sleep, she's afraid to go to sleep. It was a remarkable story. Um, and this is just one example of how people um, can use alternative therapies to heal their lives. Well, this, as I say, is a powerful one. And I hope that anybody who has phobias or uh or good uh, night terrors what a terrible thought or or even pain sometimes people have uh, a pain that they don't there there's no there seems to be no bodily reason for it and it will be found that they had some trauma in a past life that would have caused that pain and they've never really resolved it just remembering that experience seems to be all it certainly that's all it took for me i have no fear now of of heights at all which is uh very liberating i must tell you for someone who flies a lot (laughs) and i think yeah and i think one of the myths too roberta is that the past life regression therapy is not just for people who actually have any kind of specific chronic problem um if you all of us are going through some sort of challenge in our lifetime. What you know? Why is it that we repeat certain mistakes over and over? Sometimes past life regression gives us an objective look at those things as well. Wow, oh, good. So it it can be good to sort of a tune up anyway, even if if it, nothing. A good tune up, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Even if nothing major is wrong. So exactly. Um, exactly. Talk about energy healing. That's an area also where you've done some research. That's right, and we're we're engaging in various different levels of research now. It's it's, it's like I'm, I'm thinking, how, where do I start? And I think I think what yeah, this is probably very intense. Um, this is as intense as the physical mediumship work that we're doing. And um, what I'm exa- what I'm doing is I'm examining some um, energy healers who have now uh, demonstrated through either anecdotal or further stronger evidence that they've made some impact in terms of healing. But again. Um, one of the things I'd like to get through here today, uh, Roberta, is that we can no longer take the traditional uh, sort of uh, design of just did the healer actually make a change? Did they have an impact? Because in examining the different case studies, you know, the different types of healers, the psychic energy healers, the mediumistic, the shamanistic, I mean, Reiki, you've got a whole range of them, biomagnetic. Um one of the things that I've realized is that it's necessary to come up with a theory of, of healing first to help people understand what are the various factors that contribute to the efficacy of healing. What actually happens when the healer is actually doing 
their healing. What exactly are they doing? What exactly is the patient experiencing? And then, yes, we can get into what the impacts are, but because um, when talking to these practitioners, these healers, what they're explaining is because of the complexity, healing relates to also thought, right? Because thought creates, it's consciousness that creates our reality. Consciousness creates our reality. I think that's an important frame for anybody listening to to put around this conversation. Your thoughts are creating your reality, and that's why um, the spiritual healing can be such a powerful tool. Yes, no, and thank you for emphasizing that. And I'll give, just for our listeners, I'll give you a more concrete example of one healer, which I think... (laughs) You know, if we really want to blow <laughs> blow the audience away, let's let's work. Let let me talk about Paul Hamden first. Paul Hamden is um, a healer who, um, when I tried to put him in a category, I thought I was studying him in terms of physical mediumship. But for example, he he actually works with extraterrestrials and uh, oh, shaman. Yeah, I know. You thought you no. wanted something exciting. Yeah, so this is exciting. One. Okay. <laughs> let's go there let's go You're not, let's so I decided it. to pick that one because there's so many different ones but I think uh, this one is very unique and, and thank goodness I've been coming across so many different works on extraterrestrials that it, it allows me to feel more confident in talking about it because given the, the evidence of uh, ufology and that kind of thing but I mean his work is um, really is starting to help me understand for example that when we talk about measuring healing For example, when somebody comes in um, and the uh, higher spirits that he works with, a shamanistic uh, Tukro, for example, is the shaman that he works with initially as he goes into trance, um, basically, first they get permission as to what that patient, can we work on that patient. That patient, let's say, remember, they they could have several ailments. We're not exactly sure from a measurement perspective what what are we measuring exactly because they have different ailments. So that's the first angle why we don't want to jump just so much into impact. The second one is is that I've talked to him and a couple of his um, patients now who, who have indicated that, yes, there's been changes, for example, in either their knee or something related to their stomach or a particular ailment, but it was pain attenuation. And so if we didn't understand that the healer can also, for example, is just attenuating pain so that the person can actually continue to go but hasn't actually dealt with the underlying the oh, underlying yes. problem, what if me as a researcher just stepped in and said, well, in three months this problem has, is still there? Then we would have had a bad reading. So it's because we, we as researchers yes. still don't understand that the spirit world can attenuate pain, but they can also do underlying what's called psychic surgery, and also changing vibrational frequencies, which is related to, remember, thought creates reality. So if someone is still thinking negatively, even though we may have attenuated your pain or gone through um, uh, other other more underlying changes, if if there's not a change in your thought pattern, you're going to create that that um, that physical manifestation of that that problem again. See how complex it is, Roberta. Oh, Roberta. absolutely! Wow, yes, but but that's very important for because we 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 can't we up until now we've thought of our bodies as physical, and therefore ailments are physical, and we can fix them the way you fix a car um, with surgery or drugs or whatever cars being physical we're now coming to understand that our bodies are actually spiritual vessels very very exquisitely exquisitely um, susceptible to what we're thinking 
And we can think ourselves into serious when amount to physical problems, and we can think ourselves out of them as well. So you're, you're studying this healer who's doing, who's also a, a physical medium? Well, in fact, when he was referred to me, when I started to, 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 to do interviews with him, I thought I was talking to him about physical mediumship. And when he started to talk about the trance work and the healing, he, he said, no, I don't consider myself to be a physical medium. And that's when oh. I said, oh, okay, you really are a different sub-study here. Yes. Um, and, and, and it's interesting because, in, and that's the thing is I'm learning, we can't really put people in a category. It's the same with Gary Mannion. Gary Mannion is um, considered one of UK's sort of biggest psychic uh, surgeons right now, which I thought when I was interviewing him as well, um, I had asked to speak to physical medium. He started out doing physical mediumship, but has started changing or working with his spirit team to change how he's working, maybe to get more into a trance, but for healing purposes. So I think, again, you know, although we from our sort of third dimensional thinking try to put, and I should say we, I don't want to say we, me, putting them we, into We as a broad, a broad people. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Us, Let's yes. not blame anyone in particular, our right? Our culture, yes. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really that it's a stream of, 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 of skills and abilities that really can't be blocked off, right? Um, so again, when I think right. I'm studying physical man- mediumship, you know, manifesting materialization of others to demonstrate survival of consciousness, they also are getting into different streams which allow them to bring through spirit teams and chemists to help with healing. It's not mm-hmm. really a separate, um, yeah. which that, is phenomenal. That- that makes sense, but it's still amazing all the same. It is. It is. Um, and so this particular healing research is a closer examination of the different types of healers, the various different types, how they work, um, what are some of their impacts, again, to isolate these processes. How are they different? And boy, are, Roberta, are they ever different? As I said, um, some are uh, Sherry, Deborah and Sherry from uh, Scottsdale. In fact, I had a healing from them when we were at the Scottsdale conference. Um, they're amazing, and I know from my personal experience what I what happened to me on the table uh, for 45 minutes. They have an abundance of records retrospectively that I'll be looking at, and we'll be doing our own perspective work. And in fact, what we hope to do is work with another doctor who is going to put uh, the electromagnetic um, the the electrodes on on the head while they're actually um, undergoing their healing, so we can correlate my data perhaps with what changes are actually helping, um, changing in the alpha waves um, in, in the brain, similar to what's been done. Um, uh, Dr. Gary Schwartz did a little bit of that with some of the mental mediums. Yes. Um, and so that's going to give us some further understanding of what processes are happening um, when healers are actually working. Yeah, Sherry is actually, um, I don't know her last name, but uh, I... Get in. Having had uh, knee surgery shortly before, and I was limping and on a cane at Scottsdale, so someone hiked me over to, uh, in a spare moment, hiked me over to visit, and um, she put me on her table and insisted that if she wouldn't even take payment for it, I, I'm going to take away the pain. Well, she, t- she had me dancing. She totally took away the pain of this recent knee I, th- I thought it didn't last. She told me it wouldn't last more than an hour or two, but it and it didn't. 
But the fact that she could do it at all, and I don't even know how she did it. I find it astonishing. Astonishing. That, that and sorry, just yeah, just for listeners, it's Debbie, Deborah Martin and Sherry Gettin. Just so yeah, they're just in yes. case they they want to know. But absolutely. And so was your your pain was attenuated? Um, it's totally. Yeah, yes. and and remember we talked. We I was just saying about the difference yes. between pain attenuation, but sometimes, do you know if your your pain your actual pain comes back? Is the problem still there? Yes, I mean obviously I still was a recent surgery patient, but um, it and it didn't feel as if she was doing something to my beliefs. Uh, it's 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 a much. I, I've spent about 20 minutes on her table, and it's a longer process than I, I want to take time with now because it's very important that we hear more from you. But uh, I have to say, uh, this is a whole area where our consciousness seems to work with the consciousness of the healer and in addressing our body in ways that I cannot understand, but I can absolutely testify that it works. <laughs> Whatever they do, it works beautifully and easily. Um, I wish you lived closer because I, you know, whenever I get a twinge, I would just hike over for a little uh, additional treatment. She was, she's wonderful. Well, let's talk about now about out of body experiences, which is another area I know of major interest. You have Donna. Uh, we're coming up on a break, uh, so we, first let me just say this is seek reality with Roberta Grimes. You are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And when you really understand all the implications of that, it's going to change everything in your life. Our guest today is the wonderful afterlife researcher, Donna smith von Creeth, and we'll be right back. Afterlife researcher Victor Zamet has long been a leader in the field of helping us understand what is going on. Like Roberta Grimes, Victor is an attorney. Like her, he was dissatisfied with the scientific and religious explanations of reality. So he did what lawyers do. He examined the evidence. And when he drew the same set of conclusions that every open-minded researcher has drawn, he began to educate the world. Roberta considers the free Friday Afterlife report that Victor and Wendy Zamet produce to be indispensable access to fresh information about our one reality. Go to victorzamet.com and sign up to receive their wonderful Friday Afterlife report. That's V-I-C-T-O-R-Z-A-M-M-I-T dot com. It's the best news you'll read all week. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. We're talking with Donna smith Moncrief, and we've been talking about some areas of research which seem, I know, to be separate. Healing. Um, past life regression therapy, maybe out of body experiences, they seem to be separate, but they're all part of one enormous uh, research. Pr- 
program that Donna Smith Moncrief has undertaken. She's uh, a uh, a researcher who works in the daytime in the field of of uh, criminal uh, investigations. So she's a scientist, and she thinks like a scientist, and she's a, she's using her scientific skills to research areas where we really, really need some light thrown. So thank you for doing that, Donna. This is very important work you're doing. And to give everybody a taste of what's possible, tell us about out-of-body experiences. What are you doing in that field? Well, well, yeah, and then first, just for our listeners to help them understand what we're talking about, it's also known as astral travel. And so an out-of-body experience occurs when the spirit or etheric body is released from the physical body. Um, and it, what happens is, is it's usually, 95% of the time, it usually occurs um, when you, for most of us, when you're sleeping. Um, I try to explain it as uh, there's certain symptoms that people will have that they know they'll have um, out-of-body experiences like vibrational frequencies or um, having uh, sleep paralysis, which is a key element, a key activity that occurs just prior to leaving the body or coming back, and I can say more about that after. The key area that we're researching here um, Roberta, is that this is a this has been a growing field. Um, you know, you hear more like the Monroe Institute is teaching people, yes. you know, to to have astral travel and that kind of thing. And really, what again? Remember when we were talking about past life regression therapy or healing? This is another alternative way. There are case studies that we've been reviewing um, as to people who either have practiced out of body experiences or have had spontaneous ones during their sleep and are sharing case studies of how these have had impacts on their daily life, impacts such as changing their, rebre- changing their depression, changing yes. their fears, uh, healing, right? And so, again, this is just another, I call it triangulation. This is another angle of coming in at an alternative way to change your life. Yeah. Um, at these, it's unfortunate that mainstream science utterly ignores all the things we've learned from the dead and that we're learning as we explore all of these areas of reality, which they don't even know are there. Um, I, I was talking to someone the other day and uh, said, said it was like people studying a floor, really studying that floor very carefully and having no awareness that there are also walls and a ceiling. And the more you study that floor, the more you know what you got pinned down, but you've only got the floor pinned down. You don't know anything about the rest of the room. And that's, that's kind right. of the way science is now. There is uh, so yeah. much more that There's needs so to be studied. And, and, and it's and, interesting that you would even say that, but we do have studies. We've had studies, for example, I can name a few pieces of evidence of out-of-body experiences. As well back as in 1968, Dr. Charles Tarr had, he had actually yes. had a research participant um, uh, I think her name was Miss Z. She read a five-digit random number, like she was someone who was experiencing out-of-body experiences. It was a random number that he that he didn't even know was placed in a separate state, and she came back to say what the random number was. Wow! Well, yes. Was so it, it basically we have a number of different. It's just we're ignoring. I don't think it's even that we don't have the scientific proof. I think it's being ignored or not promoted or sometimes suppressed. It. It is pressed, suppressed and ignored, and what's happening now is that um, Wikipedia and other Science Defender websites are actually telling the world that these things don't happen, 
Yes, uh, investigate them are charlatans, and they've been debunked, um, which is appalling when you think about it. I mean, would Wikipedia willfully destroy its own credibility, which is what it's doing, by yes, allowing these fools to uh, say black is white or or uh, gray is green? It, it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me why they would do that, but they are doing it, and it's yeah. just going to make it all the more appalling for the world when they come to understand their most trusted institutions have been lying to them. Uh, yeah, um, and I think that's coming. I think that I think you're hearing more and more people, and, and this is why out-of-body experiences, this is one of the reasons why I selected this one for this sub-study, because near-death experiences, when you compare both of them, a lot of the, the experiences that people have when they have astral travel can be very similar to near-death experiences, but think about it, Roberta, right? How many of us have died and come back to, to, yeah, to share? Yeah. But out-of-body experiences are open to all of us, right? Yes. It's a spontaneous, it, it's an activity that occurs on a regular, free, a very frequent basis for all of us. Some of us are just not aware, um, and I'm going to be writing about the, the, the uh, meditations or the intents that you have to have prior to your sleep to make sure that you become more aware, because people are having out-of-body experiences. But that, that's a critical point. Let, let's make sure we emphasize that. Yeah. There is a lot of evidence that each of us spends a lot of time doing astral travel or out-of-body travel. We leave our bodies routinely in sleep, and we meet with our guides, we meet with our dead loved ones, we sometimes travel distances, sometimes we just stay in the room. But we're out of the body a lot, all of us. Absolutely, because our soul requires that. And what we're what we're talking about now is just coming up with ways for more people to remember these experiences that we have. Uh, we we have it's as if we have the, just the tiniest awareness of of the capacities of our own minds to to do things. Um, we we use them as like a like a little handheld calculator when really our minds are enormous room sized mega computers. We're we're just not aware of what we are. That's actually right. And, and I, I um, propose this when I've done my talks. This is amazing. And we can do this with our listeners right now. We can just ask them five things that whether they experience. Because a lot of people, when I'm speaking about this, they'll say, they're shaking their heads, no, I, out-of-body experiences. It's just way out of, uh, it sounds ridiculous, right, going out of your yes. body. But then I ask them, I ask them these few things. I said, if you have ever had where you've, waken up in, you, you've woken up in your room, and you, you, you have muscle paralysis. You've seen your room, but you can't move. This is a part of sleep paralysis. Or you have a sense. You can't move. You have a sense of a presence in your room while you are awake, but again, you can't move. Or do you have a sense of heaviness on your chest? Do you have, have you noticed that there's been sort of vibrations prior to you going to sleep or coming back? Or have you had that feeling of a nod off? Like it's like a checklist. And then you see people just go, Oh my goodness, they did not realize that these yes. symptoms are part of sleep paralysis, which is the precursor. It's that very important point when the soul leaves the body or when the soul returns to the physical body. And, and, and another yeah. uh, bit of evidence that you may have just been out of your body is when you sort of startle and it wakes you up. Yes, um, startled. When your when your body when when the part of you that leaves and and uh, just enjoys whatever you do, you're doing in your off time there while your body's sleeping, 
when, when that part goes comes back into your body, sometimes it makes you startle awake, and and uh, that's another thing. Used to happen to me a lot. Doesn't as much anymore. But uh, I didn't even know when it was happening to me what that really meant that I had been out. And now I was back. Yeah, and I and I think when you look at some of the the methods that they're teaching right now, it turns out that. Um, a lot of us who get up at three o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, we don't realize that um, we, we're now in the second half of our sleep is much lighter, and that's usually when it happens. And but when you read the books on the curriculum on teaching people to have astral travel, that is one of the key methods. <laughs> so it, it turns yeah. out it turns out that things that were happening to us naturally, right? We it, it, this is this is exactly how they teach people to do it. Wow. Um, and, out-of-body experiences, um, one of the things that I've found from, from people that are, that are having them, again, similar to the, some of the examples I shared with either the energy healing or the past life regression, uh, it is um, extremely healing when they re- remember their experiences, when they realize um, they, they've either communicated with other people that they've, they've known in the past. Uh, we have one case study where a woman actually went to a crystal healing center in, in, in the astral in the astral world, and this contributed um, over time to her, her. She knows from her experiences going back um, that this has contributed to the reduction in her, her depression. Wow. Um, so I think just examining what the people are experiencing up in the astral world is, is also a big part of this out-of-body experience yeah. discussion. Wow, right, it is. It all fits together, which is part of the reason it's so much fun to do this research because it's a gigantic picture. And each of us is sort of nibbling away at a part of it and and, and fitting little pieces of it together and finding other people who are doing complementary research and we can fit our little puzzle pieces with their little puzzle pieces, but it all fits it's just extraordinary. And, and Donna and I have talked during the break about the fact that very soon now, we can see it coming together. There, the evidence will be so strong that it'll be impossible for anybody to deny that this stuff is real. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and let's just talk briefly about the two areas we were talking about. Your, your candidate for, for the, the sort of uh, white crow in this, uh, the, the, the thing that no one will be able to deny, uh, talk about that. Um, you mean with Paul Hamden? Yes, with well, with the with the oh, physical the physical mediumship is a way for it. Physical mediums are very very rare, and there are though physical mediums who are even. We're going to do a whole show about that. You and I um, before too That's long. Right, you're going to get me but, too excited if I start talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about it now, but. Um, there are some now who are being very carefully studied, and it will be impossible for anyone to deny that the dead survive once these Absolutely. physical mediums are sufficiently revealed to the world. My my personal candidate, though, for what's going to make it impossible to deny these truths um, is electronic voice phenomena, because there are people now who are working on what amounts to a spirit phone or soul phone, a way for the dead to be actively real-time communicating okay with their living loved ones. Both of these revelations are probably going to come within the next decade. And either of them would be phenomenal. Both of them together, uh, the the next big thing is suddenly going to be that everybody knows that all these things are true. 
And right. then the world will change big time. And that's what we're very excited about because once people understand that it's impossible to die, our lives are actually eternal, our minds go on forever. Once people know that, it's going to change the way everybody lives. You'd be amazed the difference. It, you and I, I see it make, now, Donna. We, we see yeah, it in people I, we know who already yeah, know can this Can I make stuff, one right? comment on that? Can I make one comment course, on that? Of course, of course. It's your show. I think, I think that there are, and I completely agree, that we're, we're definitely going to have such in-your-face evidence. But you know what I've realized, too, is that some of these people, and not to judge, there's no judgment for anyone, some of these people who are, are, will never see it because they're vibrating on a different frequency. So even though you could show them something in their face that it's green, and everybody, you know, we're all saying it's green, they are not perceiving it as green because they're vibrating on a different frequency. Mm-hmm. And That's I've right. seen this so often. I've tested yep. non-believers. I've, there's been unequivocal evidence, and in some cases, they can't see it because it's just, it, I really have to describe it as they're in a different planet. Well, our our wonderful friend, uh, Victor Zamet, calls them closed-minded skeptics, and uh, they are. He's had people tell him, no matter how completely you prove to me something's true, I still won't believe it. Now, there's nothing you could do for him. Max Planck said science advances by deaths, and there's a certain amount of that that will go on. But lay people will, will embrace the truth as the truth is revealed to them. And we see that happening now. Just over the past few years, more and more and more people are doing this this research on their own, are are coming to hear you speak, are coming to hear me speak, are buying the books, are are saying when when surveys are done that they're not really religious anymore, but they're more spiritual. We see it happening at such a rapid, rapid pace. It's exciting. It's frankly a very exciting Yeah. It's exciting. The metaphysical churches. Look at look at all the metaphysical churches yes. that are supporting yes. physical mediumship and these kinds of things. The churches yes. are actually transforming themselves as well, yes. right? That's so right. It, That's, it, yes. Yeah, we are in exciting times, Roberta. I think we definitely are in exciting times, and I'm I'm looking forward to the wellness of the people. That's what I'm looking forward to. People not relying on necessarily traditional systems that are not able, fully capable to help them, and that's that's what inspires me. Um, to do this work. I'm really hoping that some of this work, especially the energy healing, people will start to get compensation um, for these different um, alternative uh, therapies such as Jore and um, Reiki and all the things that we're looking at. That, yes. That's one of my dreams for them. Yes, yeah. No, it's it's going to make... Health will break out all over the world, and, and I have a sense it's quite possible that peace will begin to break out all over the world, too, because when, when you know that your mind is eternal, you're not going to, uh, and, and when you know that we're all part of one being, which we are, it, it changes your perspective on other people of other cultures and, and other, other ideas. It, it really Absolutely. makes people... <laughs> Reduces violence and resentment. Yes. And this is that's the inspiration for me. Yes. I would like to see this work uh, contribute to that for sure. Yes, yeah. This is this is a very exciting time. How do people get in touch with you, Donna? And do you have books yeah, out? Well, yeah. No. Well. Yes. Well. Currently, um, on my website www.medium7.com, under the specific subsections of uh, healing and the past life regression and that kind of thing, they can fill out uh, online surveys right now. Uh, we've just lost, launched the physical mediumship um, survey. Actually, it was on the Friday Afterlife Report uh, that Wendy just put out. And uh, yes, they can contact me Yeah, on the Medium 7 um, 
website. My my email is That's there. That's seven and numeral, con- right? Medium numeral seven, right? Yeah, medium7book at yahoo.ca or medium7research at gmail.com. We have a few. Um, please feel free to share. Um, we will be closing up some of the studies because a new book is coming out, Roberta. My second book, um, uh, Medium 9, uh, Witnessing, uh, the Witnessing uh, Spiritual Energy, will be coming out March 2015. So all of this uh, research will be compiled um, for people as a guide to see, you know, here, here's what we've done, here's the evidence, and here's how you can change your life using these complementary methods. Well, and, and we are going to do a separate program about physical mediumship because I think that's something that um, is, is people are going to hear more and more about, and, and I'd like to, sure. to help them understand just what it is and why it's exciting. We're, we're, we're used to thinking of mediums as just mental mediums or, or, sci- or psychic mediums, and some psychic mediums are really, really excellent. Um, our friend Gary Schwartz tested them, and his book, uh, The Afterlife Experiments, is a classic and convinced yes, me that, that, they're, that they're doing real mediumship. But I still am skeptical because I've had some readings in which I know there was cold reading going on, and, and frankly, it really? makes me it makes yes, and by people who really sh- shouldn't have been cold reading. It was my fault because I was skeptical to begin with, so they weren't getting much, and uh, they were expensive, so they were giving me, you know, what my, my, my money's worth. That's but, right, uh, right. It was my fault. It, it, totally. I totally understand that, but it still makes me nervous about psychic mediums. The, the Windbridges in, in Tucson is, is a good place. Win, I think it's windbridge.org or something, but but Google the Windbridge, the Windbridge Institute, W-I-N-D-B-R-I-D-G-E. They test psychic mediums uh, and, and read the afterlife uh, um, experiments because that really is, uh, is, is a great book on the fact that some of them are really doing, doing uh, real work. But physical mediumship is a whole other kind of ship in which manifestations happen. Physical things happen in the room which are, way, which are astonishing. And uh, I was skeptical about that too, except I've heard from people like my friend Donna and like my friend Wendy Zammett and others, yes. uh, stories that I, I just, uh, they blow your mind. And you so, know what? Well, it's one of those things where you have to experience it for yourself. That or, we'll have yes. to get you into one of these, Roberta, for sure. Well, we, we, we tried to go to Sarasota in, in September, but then it turned out they were sold out. So we, we will get um, David Thompson, yeah. who is a wonderful Australian physical medium. We, we, we will get him uh, somehow uh, where, where I can see, see it for myself, and then I'll certainly be a believer. We've been That's talking right. uh, with the wonderful... Donna Smith Moncrief, and unfortunately, we're coming to the end of our time, but we will have her back. I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, and Just Out, The Fun of Staying in Touch. It explores the ways that our dead loved ones give us signs. You need to know this. If you lose someone, you need to know how they're letting them set, letting you know they're still alive. Our dead loved ones give us signs and also the new ways in which we're learning to make contact with them. I also am a novelist. Finally, I get to be a novelist. My Thomas is the story of the American Revolution. This book was out 20 years ago and got great reviews, and it's just out again. Uh, Thomas Jefferson's marriage gives us a perspective on what it was like to be uh, fighting for freedom 200-some-odd years ago. My Letters from Love are a series of novels that follow three generations of a wealthy American family and explore how we can use what we're learning about human nature and the nature of reality to make human life finally work. 
You'll find details about all my books, including my blog. Please read my blog at robertagrimes.com. Please join us next week. It's yet another visit from R. Craig Hogan, and he will be talking with me next week about what the afterlife is really like. Meanwhile, of course, afterlifeforums.com. Come and join the discussion. And now, go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing always that you are a perfectly, perfectly loved, powerful, eternal being. Your life never, ever ends. And you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. For lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.